All right, so 95, 96, and 97. That makes us three beers short, guys. I think we all agreed we were going to do a little dry January, get back on track, maybe fix the store up a little. Did you count the three that we drank while we were counting? I already took those out. We started at 103. Okay, okay. We said those were the last ones. Sorry, I thought to I thought we I got lucky with my math. All right, um, wasn't me. Well, I know it wasn't me. I called the meeting. It was definitely you. It was not me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you call the meeting as a front? I no. think so. It was one of you two. One of you guys just fess up, say you did it. We can move on. Because is this like that time I clogged the toilet and I ran out and I said, hey, somebody. No, never mind. It's nothing like that. Is it like that? No, because that wasn't me. I didn't do that. We had to replace all the baseboards. I came across it. Yeah, that customer was nasty. There's a lot going on here. Definitely a customer. Okay. I think we take another three. Those are no. for real. Those are for real. The last ones, and then we count again. And if we get ninety four, no. we're just going to stick with ninety four, and we'll lock those away. Here's what I'll say: I'm cool with taking three more just to get us over this hurdle. But we're not doing three more. This is the only way it's going to work. Yeah. We have to test our blood alcohol content right now before we have the beers, so we know who took the other three. You. Question. You took them. Question. I'm asking for the test. <laughs> How do you, what do you got to do to take the test? Like, what well, do you need bl- to? It's blood alcohol content. Okay. So. Does it have. Be, I got a knife right here. Does it have to be fresh blood? Yeah. Because I, I got a shirt back. Okay. It's got to be fresh. It's got to okay. be. Somebody drank them today. <laughs> We're going to find out who. Remember that hit and run. When Kron hit that guy and we all took the blood oath to not say anything about it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that means we all have the same blood. So it doesn't matter, right? So whatever res- like results are going to be skewed because we have the same blood. Here's what we're going to do. That's not how that works, I don't think. It's not? We're each going to cut open a finger and then we're going to bleed into three separate Petri dishes. And then okay. we're each going to drink a little to see Kron. which one tastes the most like alcohol. Kron, sorry. Scientific method. We're going to need a control. We're going to need a control of who actually does have a positive. So let me have a few beers. Let me get <laughs> this bad boy up. We're doing beers after. Yeah, but how are you going to know what you got to know? what you got, What range are you measuring? We're seeing which blood tastes the most like beer. Whose oh, dumbass idea was this anyway? This, this is the only way. This is how they do it in the professionally. No, I'm talking about dry January. Who who would want to do that? Why did we decide to do that? It's for our bodies and our uh uh, what are these? Uh, head. Yeah, it's for your head and stuff. We decided it when we were 18 beers in on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I'm going to drink the other 11 months of the year. Like, we have, honestly, <laughs> it's embarrassing that we count our beers, right? Like, I thought we had outgrown that. Well, sometimes the customers know we got 
bathroom beers and they take them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying count the beer. I'm, what I'm saying is when people come in and we're checking them out and we go, <laughs> I just had 16 beers. Like that, that we can't count like the beers that we've had, right? No, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's fucking cool, dude. Okay. I just, I mean, I kind of give props to Kron for having six beers before 9.30 a.m. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's tough as hell, dude. I, okay. Obviously, we're going to count the beers when they come in because we got to figure out the ration. I'm just saying, if you enjoy the beers, just like have a little class, right? Like Don Draper isn't counting his whiskeys. Like, just be cool about it. Well, if you don't count, you don't get fired. I mean, that's... Right? Don't count. Don't get. We it. have to keep track of the number of beers to know when we got to get more beer. All right, roll your sleeve up. Here we go. Ah. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah, bones. Wait, wait, wait. Why this you go might, long ways? <laughs> this might turn me. By the way, maybe I should That's just cut myself. I haven't turned into a werewolf in a while, and I don't want to start this year. Like it's too much editing. Just I don't. Want, I don't want to give you this blade. You might yeah. actually cut me. Just, just cut my finger, okay? Just a little bit. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Hey, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. That's a sharp ass blade, dude. I don't feel like yeah. shit. you're bleeding a lot. I'm. <laughs> Do you I'm have any lot. blood left? Holy I'm shit, dude! I'm getting woozy, dude. <laughs> dude. You guys right, did. Uh, you let's, can, let's quite, quite honestly, it smells a hell of a lot more like beer in here now. You guys did fingertip. <laughs> I told you. You got to offer it up. Yet. Yeah, I mean, I think we've established it. Your beer or your your blood is fucking. That is bush heavy, buddy. Holy guys, shit! <sighs> sit down. It's making me I sick, dude. I took the three because I already had. 12 before I came in today. <laughs> yeah. You should have let me have a few and up up the fucking control, dude. And now I I cut to way too much. <laughs> way too much of me. I think we should just throw on a movie <laughs> at this right. point. Huh? I, I think we should Apply get that t-shirt pressure. I got in the back and put some pressure yeah, on go this get bad the, boy. Go get the dirt towel or whatever. I got to wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> What are we putting on? Uh, you guys feel like watching a good movie? Uh, we've got 97 beers to pound, buddy. <laughs> All right. Then we're going to be watching The Thing from 1982 this week on Five Day Rentals. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals Podcast. This is the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre-specific category. This round's category is no current category. Are you shocked, listener? Are you fucking confused? It's another one of those uh, five-star bangers that we do every now and again where one of us actually picks a movie that we really enjoy watching. Talk about that instead of uh, 
I don't know, the vagrant or whatever Dan brings us. I am Cron Howard, joined as always by my two uh, beautiful 2023 co-hosts. They are both dressed like little New Year's Eve babies still. Andre Dan and Bones. I paid way too much for these numbered glasses, bro. <laughs> Wearing mine all year. Yeah, they're good. They're literally dated for the whole year. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Not going out of style anytime soon. You're going to have to replace the LED batteries quite a bit, I think, though. Yeah. There's, they're uh, solar powered. Oh. Yeah. I just got to drive in them. They'll recharge. Are they prescription? <laughs> yeah. Driving at night's kind of hard. How are you uh, guys? Oh. I mean, we, we had a little bit of a break. The listener won't hear a break, but how are you guys? I'm well. Well, enjoyed the break. 2023 is already no good. (laughs) (laughs) Only a few days in, Cron, man. Yeah, it already, it feels like 2022 to be honest. It does, it does. (laughs) Fucking sucks already. Uh, Hopefully you get better. Maybe. I don't know. Well, guys, like I said, we're going to talk about a good movie tonight. Positive attitude. We're starting a year off strong, right? Yeah, Yeah. we're starting on a good movie. Did you guys realize that no podcast has ever talked about The Thing from 1982, directed by John Carpenter? Yeah, it's fucking crazy how little people talk about this movie. Yeah. It's not like Dan literally sent us a bunch of podcasts, I guess, in preparation. I actually had the Carpenter interview. That was the only one. Mm -hmm. That I listened to. Was he yeah. getting high in that interview? He was I, hitting something. I thought he quit smoking like cigarettes, so I think he was hitting some marijuana. He also let his dog out yeah. and in at one point, and there's a cat, point. and he didn't have the uh, his phone on vibrate or silent. Which in the it, interview is only like 15 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really. <laughs> He must have realized two minutes before they hit record that he was supposed to be doing something. Well, and a lot of it was like, I I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn. Should we? It's like, well, was that, that was 40 years ago, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we highlight what that show was? I know I've made a conscious effort to not unnecessarily cheerlead or highlight other shows because I feel but, like it, it seems a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? sweaty you know like sometimes if, but if if you go on your streaming service and you type in john carpenter the thing it'll pop up so you'll find yeah out what it is. I, I think that podcast has a big enough listenership that we don't okay it doesn't come off like it. yeah it doesn't come off like hey i better fucking hear my show on your fucking podcast in two weeks mm-hmm. yeah i got it Well, guys, we are going to be talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. Is this your favorite Carpenter film? Maybe. It's got to be up there, right? I mean, it's it's top three. I'll say that. I think Halloween is my favorite, but I would entertain the argument that 
the thing is his best. Um, yeah, well, that's, I, I think I think that's where I would go, and I don't know what my third would be, honestly. Well, I don't know. Big, uh, you're a big memoirs of an invisible man guy, right? Love, <laughs> love it. <laughs> Say, this is probably my favorite Kurt Russell performance from Kurt Russell. Maybe it's it is one of the coolest characters. That was my big takeaway from this rewatch. Was if I was an actor at that time at that age, that would be such a fucking killer role. Like, it's not a ton of dialogue. It's a lot of atmosphere. It's just vibe. You get a fucking... You get a fucking flamethrower. You get to throw dynamite. You get to drink. Like, you get to wear a cowboy hat awesome. in Antarctica. It's awesome. Yeah, like, a lot of his wardrobe really doesn't make sense for the climate he's in. <laughs> but he looks well, cool doing it. I mean... Mm-hmm. That letter jacket, I'm like, this dude's gotta be fucking freezing his ass off. You know he's got fucking... Uh, uh, I think he's layered out. Yeah, like long johns. Like, uh, what the fuck? My brain is so fucked. What are you, like, uh, what are the gold people, the gold miners, like the fucking long john things that they would wear? Yeah, I think they're just the long gold johns, people? right? But there's like another. Oh, a union suit was uh, like. Yeah, but like, I keep wanting to say like uh, scavenger or some shit. It'll hit me later. Gold digger, prospector. Prospector, thank you, Kron. Holy shit! I why don't why don't I own this? Kron, is it your favorite carpenter? Man, that's tough. Uh, I think, like you, I would definitely say this is probably the best carpenter. Like, if someone had never seen any carpenter movies, I'd probably tell them to start here. Interesting. But I've probably watched. Big trouble more than I've watched this movie. So here we go. Here we go. I don't know. I th- I think Big Trouble might be like number five for me. I think Gun to My Head. It would be Halloween thing. They live. Christine. Big Trouble. I think I would. I think I would either. It, it would flip flop between the thing and Big Trouble. I'd go Prince of Darkness after that. And then Assault and probably Christine after that. Assault, damn. Wait, guys, is John Carpenter like a good director? Like, does he have like a lot of good movies? Are are other podcasts talking about him? Nah. I told you we're the first, dude. Oh, damn. Cron, you did pick the thing in our... um, 80s horror draft, right? No, I don't think you so. Didn't, you didn't uh, get it? I think Brantley might have got it because oh, he was, I think he picked first and he picked the thing. So smart move. It would have been my first round selection. I guess I, yeah, it'd probably be Halloween, the thing, and yeah, probably they live. Prince of Darkness, Christine. Yeah. But they all... He's got like seven solid movies like that I wouldn't argue anybody's placement of them. 
Like, yeah. And quite honestly, if somebody came up and was like, I fucking love Escape from L.A. and Ghost of Mars is badass. And like, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like you, your tastes are probably pretty similar to mine. So I think he's got I think he's got eight bangers here. Yeah. It was awesome in that interview. The guy asked him, like, do you wish it was a bigger hit so your career would have been different? And he was like, yeah, at the time, of course. But now, nah. It's like he just seems so content with himself. Like, watch basketball, play video games, get high. Make some music. Yeah. Well, when I rewatched the thing this time, I was kind of like, one of the things that I walked away being like, I really appreciate John Carpenter for this is I think outside of Dark Star, like the guy has never, you know, tried to sneak out a recut or like a redux or <laughs> director's version. Like he puts the movies out. If people like them, cool. If they don't, whatever. But like the thing is just the thing, you know? It, yeah. Like there's one version of it. Everyone can agree that it's, you know, the best presentation and there's, you know, he doesn't try to like muddy the waters in any way. It's just kind of like, that's what I made. That's the movie. There you go. Yeah. Well, he even shies away. Like I said, mentioning the interview again, he's like, oh, that's, that's no, that's how it is. Like, don't give me that. Stop asking me like all these <laughs> fucking deep inside questions about it. It's like one I don't fucking remember, and that's just the way it was. <clears throat> I thought the coolest part of that interview was uh, there's a part where the guy interviewing him is like, well, like the first half of the thing, he was like, it's really confusing. And Carpenter was like, you were confused? Like, <laughs> what were you confused about? <laughs> you didn't get that a uh, alien invader landed on Earth or something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was like, you didn't see the spaceship at the beginning of the movie? Like, that was the thing that bugged him the most, was just like, <laughs> how can you say that the movie's confusing? Yeah. It's not the greasy strangler, man. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Who would pick the greasy strangler on this podcast? Listeners, this, if, it's, if it's your first time listening, uh, I picked the greasy strangler. That's fucking right. Go check it out. Yeah, we're probably going to get a bunch of people coming in for 2023 just stumbling on the new podcast. The thing? Oh, shit. Are you guys ready to get into the, into the plot of this thing? Let's do it, dude. All right, this is The Thing from 1982, directed by the one and only John Carpenter. Oh, sorry, Kron. Uh <laughs> This is going to play into the whole joke of the riff. Um, I did just recently see a tweet from somebody that said... Uh, can't stand podcasters uh, or film podcasters that spend more time talking about their personal lives than they do the movie. Like, who gives a shit? And I felt personally attacked. Do we discuss our personal lives? No, but I just I was like, I if the sh if the show was a thirty second like intro, and then we just went like, all right, and now here's the thing from John Carpenter, and we just jumped into it. Like, that would be boring mm -hmm. to me. Would be signed. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Chopping it up with Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah. By all means, if you have critiques of our format, 
I can edit out the first 15 minutes if you guys want. No, I would, if, if you have critiques, uh, keep them to yourself. <laughs> if you have critiques, you rate us five stars and then you can tell us what they are. You yeah. make a you make a podcast that's better than this one, and then we'll critique you. How about that? Then you come to my house. We'll drink a beer on the porch. You can tell me like a man. Or however you identify. Face to face. Face to face. All right, guys. We open on a shot of desolate space. We do see an alien spacecraft shoot across the screen and crash to Earth. I don't want to derail the podcast already, but <laughs> I have. This is the one shot in this movie where I go back and forth of like, would the movie be better without it? Because I think you get the explanation later and it would it would add to like the ambiguity of what's happening at the beginning of the movie. I'm usually a guy that's like, don't hand feed the audience, but I think... I think you kind of need it. I like how it's done where there's no, it's just that one thing and that's it. Mm -hmm. We don't know the time, how long it's been there. I like that. I think it'd be cool if you just opened on the helicopter though, following that dog and you'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I guess it's, it's hard to look back at like what, what did I think the first time I saw this? Because I'm sure I was confused by a helicopter trying to shoot a dog. You were confused? Yeah. Terrible shot. Good helicopter pilot. Terrible shooter. Terrible shot. Mm-hmm. Well, they're Norwegian. I mean, <laughs> well, aren't they like, what's the fucking cross country ski? and shoot thing like aren't the north like scandinavians like always the tops in those i guess it's not from a helicopter never mind yeah, there, there's no not, helicopter component part of the sport yeah should be then maybe I, people would watch it i think i can see both sides cron i can definitely especially when i go back and watch a lot of older movies and i think about how long it takes to get into movies like any screenwriting book is like by page 10 you got to be into shit and like modern movies just want to get you into it I mean, Predator has the same sort of shot, right? Opening. But it's just enough to kind of put in your head like, oh, this is going to be a alien movie. And then let the ambiguity, like, it's still there. It is still yeah. so shocking that they're just shooting at this dog that I could also see that if you just opened with these guys shooting at a dog, you might get people walking out. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, I agree with that. I guess you still understand like later in the movie that it's an alien craft and like like you see the craft you see what the thing becomes you know yeah so there's i guess at no point in the movie do i ever go like oh that's what the beginning was about you know what i mean i it's got not you. like it's not like you need that key scene once you get to halfway in to know what's going on Maybe there's something where you split the difference, where it is just a shot from space, like over Antarctica, just enough to like hint at the the POV of that ship, but you don't actually see a ship go down. It's just enough to say, I'm, I'm established in space, so it's something out of this world, right? Mm-hmm. Title card, and then 
Nope. <laughs> Not of planet Earth. Uh, we don't know where it lands Wait, on what? Earth, gentlemen. Whoa, dude. Is that what that means, dude? We don't know that it was in Ant- Antarctica. Wait, <laughs> start that. Start nope over again, dude. This is a fucking Not revelation. I thought it was about a monkey. All right, we do get a title card. Antarctica, winter, 1982. We see some mountains and that Ennio Morricone doing his best carpenter impression score kicks in. Yeah. Uh, Every time I watch this, I have to be reminded that there are mountains in Antarctica. Like a part of my brain is just, oh, it's just a big sheet of ice. Like it's, I don't ever really think like, oh, there's actually like dirt and mountains and shit there. But. My first thought was Metallica played there and they didn't do Trapped Under Ice. Well, they were on top of the ice, dude. It would have been. But still, come on. I'm kind of with Dan on this one. (laughs) You kind of had to. You fucking botched it, Metallica. (laughs) Like, you went all the way there and, like, the one. I don't know. Come on. Not the best song, I'll say that, but, you know. She could have played the intro or something. I bet there was a kid in the audience just holding up a trapped under ice sign the whole time. Wait, they would have stopped the show. They're not Travis Scott. They would have assumed somebody needed help. Group of men in a helicopter chasing down a dog. They start opening fire. We cut over to the U.S. base camp inside McCready is drinking scotch and playing computer chess. He loses and just dumps his drink right into that machine. Cheating bitch. How I start my morning every day at work. (laughs) What's he going to do for the rest of the stay in Antarctica? I don't know. What's he? It's like, he's going to stay busy. So (laughs) I don't know. First goddamn week of winter. Yeah. He might have to hang out with them in the rec room. Mm hmm. I still don't understand why he gets his own tower, but. I think they all kind of have little separate pods, though, don't they? Because Blair goes to one. Oh, they lock him in the tool shed. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I don't know. Got to keep the pilot happy, dude. I mean, (laughs) only guy who can fly you out of there. I guess. You. If you told me that that's what that is, if it's like he's got to stay separate because if they're making noise and all that shit, and if ever they've got to like emergency and get out of there, okay, I would, I could see that. Maybe it's closer to the helicopter than, nah. Maybe he stinks. Maybe he's just like notorious. <laughs> they're like, all right, fuck McCready. Scotch. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to bunk with McCready. I don't know though. They're all. What? No, because what's their names do bunk? Yeah, Palmer and Childs got a yeah. Like they they're bunked up. Sort of watching that sweet VCR and smoking that J. Well, that's what I was gonna say. They're all smoking in there. I mean, I don't think of drinking a housing unit that has a uh, you know twelve guys who are all willing to go to Antarctica is gonna smell good either way. So, I mean, are we? Would you guys do this job? 
What's the pay? Yeah, what was the economy it's like in 82? It's got to be some decent pay. I mean, I'd be, I'd be the cook. Get to hang out in the fucking rec room with a bar and pool table and shit. And you could drink and smoke sick. Like, fuck yeah. Why? I don't know. What are they doing down there? Why do they have, like, medical autopsy labs? Like, I, I will, I will say that the thing that I love about this movie is that scientific integrity is always like one of their top priorities. Cause when they go to the Norwegians base, I wouldn't be taking that freak fucking burnt shit fucker thing back with me to my place. No, no, I would take the paperwork like copper is, but yeah, I'm not wrapping that shit up. Like, when he says, get me a shovel, I'm like, oh, he's going to bury it. But then I'm like, it's ice. You can't dig through that shit. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, head. maybe it grew a boob or something, you know? Fellas <laughs> <laughs> are going to love this. Stuck down there for three months. I mean. Yeah, where was the cock? Did it ever come out? <laughs> what? Anything else came Whoa. out? Dog, a spider. You just wanted a giant penis to emerge. <laughs> I mean, eventually you wouldn't have to shoot one out of there. <laughs> you should shoot something. Oh my god, it's reached its final form. <laughs> Holy shit, look at that fucking dick on that. Oh Must be god. Jewish. Shoot it! <laughs> Alright, outside the dog arrives at the U.S. camp. Uh, these Norwegians, they're in hot pursuit. They obviously don't know much about weaponry because uh, the one guy gets out, he pulls the pin on a grenade and immediately throws it behind him. <laughs> Blows Slick up his own helicopter. And himself. And the pilot, too, because the pilot runs over to try to grab it, and he's who blows up. <laughs> this guy starts screaming, but it's just a bunch of gobbledygook, and then he opens fire. Uh, he hits one of the U.S. guys in the leg, but inside the base camp, I don't know, chief or whatever, his name's Gary, uh, he pulls out his trusty six-shooter and shoots this guy right in the head. Which is, uh, it's a gnarly death with that, just the way that that angle where he hits and the blood comes out, and then he's just like spazzing in the snow, like, oh, God. And these guys are just standing out there like it's a fucking Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're already so fucking bored. Like mm-hmm. uh, somebody else shooting at a dog. At least that's something to watch. <laughs> I really like that Norwegian guy's goggles that just have like the little slits in them. Mm-hmm. Those look cool as hell, dude. Uh, let's see. Inside. It pays to know English, by the way, just for our international listeners. Immediate takeaway of this movie. Get better at your helicopter rifle skills and learn English. I don't believe that they didn't know English. No, no. Science is done in English, so. (laughs) Science science be did in English. Like, point at the dog and... Like give him yeah. a hand or something, you know? <laughs> that wouldn't mean anything. <laughs> if a guy was pointing at a dog going, ah! 
the funny thing is, is I went to an inspection at the night after I watched this, and it was a husky, and it came right up to me, and I was like, <laughs> "Get this fucker away from me!" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it spreads. Ma'am, are you okay? Inside the camp, Bennings, that's the guy who got shot. He's getting his leg sewn up. Uh, and Windows, he's the guy working the radio. I think he's supposed to be an expert in communication, but he's like, I haven't been able to reach anybody for weeks now. So You'd think they would know that. You'd think that'd be public information. He's uh, in the Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Windows? Yeah. What's his fucking name? Is it Cowboy? No, he's not Cowboy. He's um, Pony Boy. Yep, stay gold. I can look it up. Go ahead, Cron. A couple of these guys are like, we should really go check out what was happening at the Norwegian camp. So McCready takes a couple of these guys up in the helicopter. Uh, They get over there. Oh, and also we do get a shot to show you that the dog's also been brought in to the camp sleeping under a pool table. Because if people would get over their love of animals, this shit wouldn't happen. (laughs) Uh, We get some great little tracking shots uh, throughout the camp. Slowly, we see the dog come out of one room and enter another one that's already got someone in it. Which apparently is Carpenter's favorite fucking scene of this whole thing. Well, I was going to say, this... Uh, yeah, he talks about how great the dog did because the dog doesn't look at the camera. Um, and like the, all that. Yeah, the dog <laughs> stuff is incredible, but the dog straight up has a smile in the beginning when it's running from the helicopter because obviously they told it to just like run and whenever the command is, it doesn't have the look of like, oh, fuck, I'm scared shitless. Um, it does really sell the look when they come back from the Norwegian base and the dog is up looking through the window. I, and I'm sure it's me as an audience member, like projecting like the the tension that it feels. But the dog really looks like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. But <laughs> found me out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, McReady arrives over at the Norwegian camp. It's all fucked up. It's all broken apart and burned to a crisp. McReady and Dr. Cooper enter a room, find a trail of blood that leads over to a guy. They go over and take a look at him, uh, but he's pretty well done for. He's got a straight razor in his hand. I think he slit both wrists and his throat. Yeah. Yeah, and like the wrists are frozen. Like the blood is... It's awesome. Yeah, it looks fucking cool. (laughs) Dr. Cooper gathers up some papers. Uh, McReady finds a giant block of ice in the center uh, that has the center cut out of it. The two go outside and find a body that's all burned up and mutated. Dude, fitness influencers would pay a fucking fortune for a fucking ice bath like that. (laughs) That's made out of ice? Yeah, to get like your cold shock every morning. Wouldn't it melt every summer? I mean... Obviously, they've got the money to support an HVAC system that would keep Get it nice down. and cold. 
Uh, McReady and Cooper arrive back at the U.S. camp. The dog is at the window staring at them like, (laughs) shit, fuck. (laughs) Cooper and McReady show everybody what they found at the Norwegian camp. It's a body or what's left of one. It's completely mangled, two heads. um, Split face. Yeah. I believe is what this is referred to. Is it right? I don't know. Okay. But if you establish that now, we can call it that going forward. (laughs) Thank you. Trendsetter. Feels nice every once in a while. So it's kind of like they throw this thing on an autopsy table, and then they're like, Blair, examine this. (laughs) 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 He's pulling that shit out of there. Reminds me of my father-in-law, dude. Straight up when he's eating the fucking beans and shit out of the can, being all sad later. I was like, damn, is that my fucking father-in-law? <laughs> Poor guy needs You're something from, to do. You've witnessed your father-in-law. No, no, but just like the, the just like how sad he was and shit. <laughs> I love my father-in-law. He's a great dude, but he's just like in retirement and just like kind of, eh. I bet my wife has witnessed me eating beans out of a can. <laughs> So she she walks in and, and either comments on you watching titty movies, or you're eating beans out of a can. Hey, buddy, they go she, hand in hand. She doesn't regret a say, single day. Be doing both. Mm-hmm. She's like, God damn, I'm so lucky. We got to get you a little TV for your kitchen. Just sit at your kitchen table, eat beans, and watch a titty flick. What are you watching? What are you doing? Need a little snack. Uh, it's Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting ready for work. (laughs) Most important meal of the day, sweetheart. Just trying to meditate. Now move to the left. You're blocking the screen. All right. Maxine's about to take her shirt off. Get out of the way. Blair begins the autopsy. He's like, I don't know. This guy's got no drugs or alcohol in his system. And he's got a normal set of human organs. That's about as much as I can give you. We cut over to night at the base camp. A couple guys are watching uh, taped game shows on TV and smoking a J. How they get Monty, all that? Monty Hall, right? When yeah. was, let's make a deal or something. Yeah, and the one guy's like, I've already seen this one. <laughs> one week in a winter and you've watched all the tapes. Wouldn't it be stressful to have to pack, like, three months' worth of weed in your bag? I mean, they got they got to have a hookup coming in. To Antarctica? <laughs> Supply's going to come in at least twice a month, probably. I don't know, man. I don't, yeah, I, I get the sense, because the hallway is just full of provisions, man. Like, I, I get the sense that. You know, it's every six months, maybe, whatever the tour length is. There's got to be an internal conversation where you're like, well, if I smoke this much a day, I can't. For sure, Karan. It'd be a month and I'd be out of weed and alcohol. Like, fuck. Got five months to go. (laughs) Probably happens the first time you go down there and then you're Mm -hmm. like, all right. Let me me invest in J&B scotch. 
That'll last me. There must be enough of a surplus that you can fucking waste three shots worth to fucking destroy your computer. What the fuck happened to J and, and B Scotch? It's still it's around. Like, I We need to contact them. I Googled it. You can buy it. Yeah, it's still around, but it not. It was big in like the eighties, seventies, and eighties. Maybe this movie it was ruined all over it. Movies. <laughs> the actual, the director of the fifties version uh, insulted this version, Carpenter's version. He said it was an ad for J and B Scotch. Was that Howard Howard Hawks? I don't I get maybe. I think so. Yeah, it was Howard Hawks. But that's what he included in his uh review of it. Oh that that had to be hurtful to fucking Carpenter then, right? Did he say that and then turn to camera and was like, I only drink Islander Scotch. Yeah. I have the New York Times review from 82. Like a printout? That I'll, that I'll read later. Like a clipping? Yeah, the actual. Well, I don't have the clipping, but I have what it the review says. Uh, Pull it up on your microfiche machine and <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> to take three hours. Uh so those guys are smoking a J. The rest of the guys are out in the rec room. They're playing pool and poker and I don't know. I mean, it looks pretty fucking cool down there. So That's what I'm saying, man. Like, this isn't a bad bad job, minus the helicopters blowing up and getting shot at, but you know. The dog has from, pay. Dog from earlier kind of bumps into a guy and he's like, Clark, put this fucking dog with the others. <laughs> Isn't it kind of fucked up that the dogs are just, I don't know, in a cage, like in a cold cage? Like, why why can't they be in the rec room and, like, hanging out and, like... They had some uh, hay. Some straw in there. <laughs> you don't think it's don't heated in there at all? They're huskies, bro. They love that shit. I know, but I just, I'm... I get bummed whenever I see people that still like chain their dog up outside. Like let them Fuck like him. they're a part of your family. Like these, I don't know. Each, each one of the guys could have their own fucking dog that they <laughs> meld with like avatar. And no, shit. because then somebody would start fucking their dog. That's that. Was why, a you situation. Gotta, why you got to, why you got to take it there? That They people, already dealt with it. That's no. why they're locked up. All right. I, which of these it's- dudes fucked a dog? <laughs> Palmer? It's got to be glasses. Windows? Windows. <laughs> I think before, I don't think that would happen. I think it would more be like, uh, Windows got a cooler dog than me. <laughs> I want to swap dogs. Yeah, it would be like, yeah. This dog shits outside. Mine doesn't. McCready's <laughs> dog would be like super aggressive and shit. After a it while, does, and Norris's would be all fucking lame and fat. Let's come back to a question that we did ask a while ago, Karan. What is the sexiest breed of dog? He never answered. <laughs> I don't know why you were so obsessed with this. I think you would be fucking the dog from this line of questioning. <laughs> yeah. I do not think that huskies are, are, you, are, are you, sexy. Are you familiar with dog. the term projection, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say 
The people want to know, okay? Number one question we always get. <laughs> hey, Carpenter, uh, do a director's cut and put back in all the sexy dog scenes dog you cut fucks. out. <laughs> Your friend Dan, thanks. All right, where am I? Uh, Clark puts the I, dog I don't in remember the- any dogs. <laughs> Sorry. Clark goes to put the dog away, uh, kind of reluctantly walks into the pen. Clark starts to leave. Uh, all the other dogs start growling, like, immediately. Yeah. The main dog, the new one, its face opens up like a fucking flower or something. Starts shooting out all these tendrils and fucking ropes and shit. The head splitting open and the skull falling down is, it's the most, that's the most gross effect to me in the movie. I mean, this is the moment of like, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. (laughs) You decide. It wasn't this watch, but at some point. I made my wife watch this movie and I think we got to this scene and she was like, what the fuck is this? Same. Yeah. (laughs) I showed Sam this like two or three Halloweens ago. I hope nobody fucked that dog. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I want a kinky bitch. Hey, Dan, Dan, I will tell you this. That dog, not sexy. That dog, least sexy dog. I don't know. Depends what you're into. I'm not into fucking Capcom style dogs. Resident Evil fucking (laughs) dog. Now, I will say that that is truly a monster dog right there. All these dogs are freaking out. Uh, One of them's up trying to bite his way through a chain link fence. I don't know how they got that dog to do it, uh, but it looks fucking crazy when you see it in the movie. Is that the same dog that they spray with the fucking pink Ghostbusters 2 shit? <laughs> that was so. kind of a that's kind of a bummer. That poor dog. I hope we got an extra treat. <laughs> I hope uh, it was like marinara flavored or something, you know. My fucking my dogs love pizza, so I hope it was like no, they wouldn't have put you anything can, you that can they lick liked. that you can lick that off after, you know. My fucking dogs won't stop licking each other. It's like licking the mixer, you know, when your mom's making a cake uh he did use a lot of he did use a lot of food for uh the special effects in there as well i believe it meat is fucking nasty so works out clark runs back in hearing all this shit go down uh i don't know i don't know how you would react but clark's uh seems pretty nervous i will say this is one of the my favorite scenes when he does the alarm with the Budweiser. I think that's just fucking hilarious. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, McReady rings the alarm. Everyone's going to check this shit out. And you hear, I can't remember who says it. I think they say it to Childs, but they're like, Mac wants the flamethrower. McReady. what? McCready tells Bennings, and I think it's Bennings that runs to Childs and is like, "Hey, McCready wants you to bring the flame." What the fuck? What just a what a cool line to yeah. get to yell. Mac wants the flamethrower. Yeah. I said this job doesn't seem bad, man. No. 
and immediately establishing that fucking McCready is alpha dog here. Like. So you're fucking McCready? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Finally cool. came out. That or, uh, that or Childs, man. Keith David is a uh, specimen of a man. Dan's real obsessed with who's fucking in this movie. <laughs> this movie that's just men and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> There's something it, going I, People are beating it, off. There's obviously smut walls somewhere. These guys a, are beating off. There is a smut wall. Yes. There is. It, yeah. There's like a, there's a calendar in the background, right? Like a. Porno I calendar. think there's an actual wall too. I didn't see any nudity on yeah, it. it was it's just like it's been a while since we've come across a shit like that. Small wall. I would say there's an equal amount of like Cron the conversation that fucking Palmer had of like, all right, if I smoke X amount, I'm there for six months, blah, blah, blah. A little bit of fucking Dr. Copper's like, all right, I'm gonna jerk off every other day and I use about <laughs> three drops of lube I'm gonna need four bot you know what I mean like obviously there's like I'll there's use def- hair conditioner if I need to but there's you definitely def- a, a penthouse being you know borrowed yeah yeah I'm sure they're like well I know McCready will bring a fucking vixens and <laughs> Gary will bring like the gilf magazines you know like we can we can switch it up a little bit well, I was going to say you've you've got to hope that the calendar like isn't, you know, next to your bed cuz <laughs> you wake up with Norris right over you. Yeah. <laughs> Clark, I need to use yeah. your room for a minute, buddy. I'm just imagining us going on this like, all right, we're going to be gone for 8 months, like we're making 450k, darling. And she's like, "Why are you packing lubrication marijuana and porn max because i'm Just, going away it's work it's work stuff <laughs> and a terabyte of shitty 80s action movies stop asking questions and load up the three cases of j&b all right <laughs> did you get those loaded up look it's 400k shut up <laughs> i left the paint in the garage I expect the house redone when i get back McGreedy enters the pen and sees what looks like, uh, Dan, I wrote down some kind of actual monster dog. (laughs) We're learning. Uh, He opens fire. This thing starts to punch through the ceiling and escapes. Childs Childs enters and torches what's left of it. Uh, Blair begins his second autopsy in two days. Not going so hot for this guy. (laughs) He still does it. (laughs) He kind of like cra- all this crazy shits going. This on. is yeah, because yeah, I think this is the real like ugh, ugh, scene where he's like pulling out the hard stuff from the from the inside. Uh, Blair kind of lays out what's happening at this point. He's like, "What we've got here is an organism that imitates other life forms, and it does so perfectly. Uh, we got to the, we got to this one before it had time to finish." Somebody asks, "Finish what?" Finish imitating these dogs. <laughs> Blair and Clark go to get some blood samples uh, from the remaining dogs. Uh, 
Blair asked Clark uh, what this dog was doing in the rec room. Why wasn't it in the kennel? And then he kind of starts asking, how long were you alone with the dog? <laughs> Dan. I'm not Dan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Laundry Dan. I'm okay. not Laundry yes. Dan, all right? I don't find this dog sexy. There was something going on in the past. Why do you think people make warning signs and put them up? Because somebody did this shit before. That's why their sign is up. But beware of dog. It's sexy. Like that type of sign. <laughs> you didn't see the one scene where he turned around and it says, do not fuck the sled dogs. <laughs> you guys missed that one? This house is protected by the sexiest dog known to man. So you better watch out. All right, Jim. I'm really, I'm really interested in bringing these sled dogs to Antarctica. But I got one last question. Uh, they're not sexy, are they? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? We cut over to McReady and the crew uh, reviewing the tapes that they recovered from the Norwegians. In the video, we see these guys finding something in the ice. What does he call it? Some sort of video unit? It's like so early. It's such an early like term. For like not VCR. It's kind of funny. Video playback unit or something, he says. Uh, in the video, they're looking at a hole that's a lot bigger than the one that they found at the Norwegian camp. Macaridi's like, all right, well, we got to go investigate this shit now. See what it was. Uh, they venture out. Like, I can't remember who. Somebody kind of like points it out on a map. That's It's like already circled in red. It's like, all right, right that's here, where it right is. Right here. <laughs> they go out there. They start poking around. And they find a big ass spaceship buried under the snow. Creedy asks, how long do you think it's been down here? Uh, I think it's, it's not Norris. copper. Norris. It's uh, Norris and Palmer that are with him, I think, this time, right? Yep. He's like, uh, based on the ice cover, I'd say it's been down here nearly 100,000 years. Jesus. <laughs> I can't, my brain cannot comprehend that amount of time. Because the Earth's only 6,000 years old. So, like, what is... <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> Science anyway, fiction. In this, house, in this house, we serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. And our dog. Here's a picture of your granddad next to a real dinosaur. You see that? Here's Jesus when he was 25. He came through on tour. He opened for Elvis. That's Christ flying on a triceratops there. <laughs> Your mother and I had that painting commissioned. It'll be yours one day. Don't get it close to the flames. It's velvet. Jesus sat on a dinosaur egg in that cave for three days. <laughs> Kept it warm so it would hatch. He only had enough oil for eight candles. Whoa. Back at the base camp, uh, the chef finds some... Hey, hey, I get mixing New Testament with the dinosaurs, Dan. But keep, the, too far. <laughs> but keep the Old Testament out of this. All right. 
Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Back over at the base camp, uh, the chef finds some ripped up long johns. And he's like, keep this shit out of the kitchen, all right? <laughs> it draws. I'm like, who the fuck has that big of draws? God damn. A prospector. Yeah, it's like the whole One Piece. Thermals. Uh, Blair uses some rudimentary computer tech to show us how the alien <laughs> cell assimilates with a dog cell. That is state of the art, dude. It <laughs> takes 15 fucking minutes. It is slow. <laughs> but I bet at the time, in 82, people were like, holy shit. Look at what computers can do. Uh, this computer can kind of do everything because Blair asks it, uh, starts asking it questions, I guess. Uh, the computer it, it, says it is super cold there. So that hard, like it's going to run super fast. It's not going to overheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You could PC game as much as you wanted down there. Well, the chess machine's already <laughs> shot and fucked up. So why don't we just have all our cloud servers in Antarctica, right? Put yeah, all the who, fucking data mining, penguins? Bitcoin, and all that shit. Just like mine it down there where it doesn't get all hot. To just put Wi-Fi signals on the penguins. <laughs> you mean like putting missiles on them, like penguin does in the Batman Returns? That too. I mean. Dude, why don't we just, yeah, put them on pigeons and shit, dude. Birds aren't real, dude. Oh, that's right. Uh, The computer tells Blair that the probability that one or more team members is currently infected is 75%. Blair's kind of like, oh, shit. He asked the computer, give me a projection if this organism reaches a civilized area. It spits back entire world's population infected 27 hours from first contact. That's about three years, guys. Dan and I did the math. 27. What did you say? 27,000? 27,000 hours. He said 27 at first. I was like, well, that's how long it took for that guy to cut his arm off. (laughs) Plus another Uh, 100. Yeah. And he beat off. That guy beat off with one arm. These guys in Antarctica are beating off with their two. I guarantee it. (laughs) Blair reads this on the computer and then immediately pulls his gun out of his desk. (laughs) It's laundry day. I can't get these fucking socks in here. They're standing straight up. McCready, your goddamn Keep your cum socks johns. out of my kitchen, y'all. <laughs> your long johns are scared the shit out of me the other day. I thought it was a ghost, but they're standing straight up. <laughs> Kevin McAllister could use your fucking cum-hardened thermals to deter robbers. There's got to be an inch of liquid in this hallway. <laughs> like I'm marching through the slush. Turn the heater on so we can fucking mop this shit up. Jesus, it stinks in here. A lot of coming, uh, jerking off in this episode. Mm-hmm. Feel pretty good about it. <laughs> Couple guys it's drag. Our, it's our MO, man. <laughs> <laughs> drag, drag a mangled up body uh, to storage. 
it starts dripping. McCready and another guy go out to discuss. This guy mentions that Blair locked himself in his room. He's like, all right, we'll gather up all of his notebooks and shit. Uh, Blair's notebook mentions that the cells don't die. They need to be in close proximity to someone to replicate. We cut back over to Binnings. He's being absorbed. Uh, they follow Binnings outside. He's got these uh, crazy long hands and shit. And lets out a terrifying scream. They immediately torch his ass. That's another thing I love about this film. There's no second thought on just fuck it, burn it. Yeah. <laughs> just let him have it, dude. If anything, they could let them burn a little bit longer. Cause then they like anytime they burn something, I think later on in the movie, uh, McCready burns something and Gary's like, come on, man, we like got to put this out. But it's the one time where he's like, nah, fucking let it, let it burn some more. I feel like the first two times they burn something, they kind of put it out too fast. Even the helicopter in the beginning, I'm like, it's in snow. That's what like, I kind of save your like, fucking fire extinguisher. Like, I'd be up there like, God damn, yeah. yeah. It's nice. <laughs> Free heat, buddy. Grab some dogs. Helicopter fuel doesn't me- melt steel beams. <laughs> it's fine. Let it burn. Uh, seeing all this shit go down... These guys gather up all the remaining half things that they can find and burn them outside as well. And then I thought this was a good touch. They like cover over the ashes with the little snow cat thing they've got. Well, you know what? The cops looking around. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was a half man <laughs> around here a week ago. I yeah. mean, they straight up murder a guy. <laughs> That's true. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. like. Gary shot a Norwegian in the face and <laughs> moved on. It really is a uh, wild west. I mean, there's one shot where you do see a guy with. Uh, is it McCready that has the bullet belt? Like the belt with all the bullets in it. it he takes it from there. Gary later. Okay, but Gary's the one who's got the the gun belt. Yeah, you got the cowboy hat. You got. The- it's the Wild West. McCready, Antarctica. McCready fucking levels up with his armaments. Like, he takes the gun. He's got a flamethrower. At one point, he's got a gun, a shit ton of bullets, a flamethrower. He's holding dynamite. Like, he looks like me at the final boss level, like where I've saved all the powerful stuff as much as possible. He's just shooting this fucking flamethrower right in front of this goddamn dynamite. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Uh, suddenly, McCready sees crazy-ass Blair pop up and sprint into the main building. Yeah. <laughs> guy's moving at that point. Yeah. McCready runs in after him. Uh, Blair is just destroying all the radio equipment and threatening to shoot anyone that approaches him. McCready mentions that he also smashed up some of the helicopter as well. Uh, and Childs mentions all the dogs are dead. Ugh. Finally, the crew's able to run in and subdue Blair. Uh, they kind of have Childs go around to one side and distract him. 
And then I think they run in with like just a wooden table and like mm-hmm. kind of smash him up against the wall. Yeah, let it let that grab the axe when he swings it. In the morning, McCready goes to talk to Blair. They've got him kind of isolated out in, I said his own cabin, but I think Bones was right. It's like a tool shed or something. Blair says he doesn't know who to trust anymore, and he tells McCready, you better keep an eye on Clark. The remaining guys get together to discuss. Uh, There's no way to contact the outside world. We just got to hold up here till spring. McCready's like, that's not going to fucking work. We're going to have to find out who's a human and who isn't. I think this is a good opportunity to take a pee break. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals podcast. Uh, If you're just now joining us, hey, we're happy to be on page 19 of results when you typed in the thing 1982 into your podcast provider. That would be lower. <laughs> hey, if people left uh, reviews and ratings, that would help. But uh, topic and for another day. You could rate us on Spotify as well. You, Not just Apple. Yeah, give us five stars or, you know, max it out. <laughs> Exit out for us. <laughs> if you like the content you've heard in this episode so far. <laughs> All right, we cut you over. Lo- you, you love it or you hate it. I don't think there's any in between. Hey, that was the moment where you're either in or you're out. <laughs> we cut over to the blood storage uh, little freezer that they got. Somebody's already gotten in there, uh, opened up the damn thing, and dumped all the blood out. Everybody starts freaking out. Fucking Dracula. Yeah. It wasn't me. (laughs) I've been in my room the whole time. Uh, They kind of start asking who's even got access to this thing. It's kind of If I were to fuck a dog, it would not be any of these dogs. (laughs) It's kind of down to Gary, the leader, and uh, how much part wolf are they? <laughs> Copper, who's I don't really know what what's Copper's job in this thing. I mean, I know that there's a doctor and a helicopter pilot. I don't, and then a dude that runs the radio. I feel like a cop. I feel like Copper is their doctor. Doctor Blair is like a, bio- a biologist. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> that makes so, sense. Okay. I th- okay, can we do that? So okay, so Gary, he's like head honcho, mm-hmm. right? McCready's your helicopter pilot. Yeah, Norris, it sounds like is a geologist or something. Copper is your doctor. Blair is your biologist. Bennings, we don't really know what he is. Windows is your uh, communications guy. Knowles mm-hmm. is your uh, kitchen food guy. Then who's left? Palmer and Childs? Are they just like... There's also Fuchs. Fuchs. I think he's like Fuchs Blair's like assistant. Assistant, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they make it seem... Yeah, so like 
Blair and Childs, maybe they're just like maintenance or something. Maybe that's why they're bunked up together. Yeah, you would you would think there'd have to be like an engineer somewhere in the crew. Yeah, you're kind of missing something else. I know that this is a five-star banger, but maybe too many people? Maybe lose like two or three? You need a lot to kind of like pick off throughout the course of the movie, though. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I know through like you're trying to figure out the mystery of it but and i i, I think, think it's i seems it seems believable to me the number that they have i think also because of the premise of this movie like there's really no opportunity to introduce a new character in the middle like no one yeah. is showing up to antarctica base camp you know yeah and a that might be why i in. sort of forget about fuchs because he doesn't really get anything until blair starts freaking out mm-hmm Like I said, everybody's freaking out at this point. Uh, Windows, he just takes off running and goes to a like gun locker that they have. Pulls out a shotgun, but Gary... Seems a little too open. <laughs> Doesn't he have to smash it, though? Yeah, that could be like a wire. <laughs> I feel like McCready would have... Or something, you know? Would have already locked those down, though. I think McCready at this point is still kind of like Gary's in charge. Yeah, yeah, but I don't he think, knows yeah. shit's up. Yeah, but Gary hasn't handed o- it, it over yet, right? Yeah. So, I, it, it is a little odd that they just have him out there. Yeah. But they were they were technically locked up, so maybe that's not top of mind. And at this point, like the really the only thing that's done any damage has been the flamethrower. So. Uh, Windows does grab a shotgun, but Gary runs up on him, pulls out his six-shooter. He's like, you better put that gun down. Windows says, you guys going to listen to Gary? You're going to let him give orders? He could be one of those things. Guys take the all the blood bags outside and torch him. Uh, McCready lays it out. He says, listen, I know I'm still a human. And if you were all those things, you'd just attack me right now. So some of you still have to be human, too. There's a storm hitting us in six hours, and we're going to find out who's who. Outside, Fuchs finds some ripped-up clothing. And that ripped-up clothing says McCready on the back. Shit. Shit stains. Wait, what? Uh, the team, they all start searching for Fuchs. McCready goes to check with Blair. What if it was his underwear and it said his, it had his initials on it? How embarrassing. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't my fucking skid marks. Somebody set me up. <laughs> it's probably that creature trying to make me look like I shit my drawers. <laughs> Did you say Tuesday, Dan? Like he labeled them for the week? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then you definitely know it's not mine because I turned mine inside out as previously established in my travel tips. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you say with one pair of underwear you could go like two weeks basically? No. You, uh, you just wear days. you wear two pairs and you get four days. Uh, four days. 
everybody's searching for Fuchs. McCready goes to check with Blair, who's sitting in his cabin in front of a noose. <laughs> what episode was that? What travel the travel tips thing? About travel tips. I don't know, like what, Jade or some Jade? shit. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say if you're new to the pod, might be Jade. <laughs> Only memorable thing from Jade. Uh, Jade was a good episode. Blair looks up and he says, "I don't want to stay out here anymore. I want to come back inside." <laughs> Listen, I'm fine now. All right, <laughs> I ain't got diabetes no more. Shit's stupid. I'm, it's cold. I took my insulin. I had some. Get a can of beans. I got some slow carbs. I'm good. Calm down a little. <laughs> Super close to Canada. I talked to my sister after I emptied the can of beans to make hot cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play ping pong with Creedy. Smoke a J with <laughs> Paul Nalls. Uh, he says he wants to come back in. He also says, I hear funny things out here. And then he goes, it's not Fuchs. I'm not going to harm anybody. If there was something wrong with me, I'm okay now. This was the first time, like, at the the noose is always jarring, but the the black comedy of some guy behind a noose saying, like, I'm fine, okay? It's like, you should have taken that down before your little spiel, you know? I think I kind of see it as a joke. Like I'm, I'm back to normal. That's kind of, I took it. I know. I, I get that he set it up like, fuck this. I'm just going to kill myself. And then now, obviously when we find out what he is, but like have the, have the foresight to like, let me put that away. You know? Well, they do just kind of walk over to his tool shed though. Like, Maybe he okay. was going to take it down and fair, after he finished his can of beans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say it's a great performance by Brimley. Though. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCready goes over to his shack. He's like, I got to check things out. And they're like, why? He says, I turned my lights off, but now they're on. Uh, inside, Childs decides that they've had enough time and everybody should just start barricading the doors. <laughs> Knowles gets back right as they're kind of closing everything up. He said he found some of McCready's clothes outside. McCready tries, or, so he's like, I had to cut the line to get away from him. So McCready's just out in like a blizzard at this point. Um, McCready does get back. He tries to get in. Childs is like, no, we're not letting that dude in here. Um, I think Windows is like, what if we're wrong about him though? And... Childs just is like, so then we're wrong. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> who gives a shit? McCready smashes in a window, gets into the building. Um, everybody kind of rushes over to him. I think they're going to kill him at this point, but whenever they find him, he's got a flare and a handful of dynamite. Yeah. Again, that maybe should have been a locked up a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> All the dynamite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd think that would be out in a tool shed. Just one room that has all the dynamite in it. Yeah. yeah. They, right next it's like to Sorcerer. The, it's like fucking miles away. Right next to the old radiator that sparks. <laughs> McCready says no more bullshit. Everybody stays together from here on out. 
Uh, at this point, Norris passes out. He's kind of got like a heart condition, I think. They mm-hmm. established that earlier. Uh, Copper starts giving him CPR. They kind of, I, I think it's CPR. They're trying to shock him, but uh, Copper like goes down to his chest, which just instantly opens up as a giant mouth. Uh, he gets both of his arms bitten off for this. You know it's coming, and it's incredible every time. Mm-hmm. McCready starts torching everything in sight. <laughs> uh, what's left of Norris? The the like head kind of falls off down the table. It sprouts some legs and then scurries away. Uh, McCready torches that thing as well. And yeah, because Palmer sees it. And gives the, you got to be fucking kidding line, which is pretty great. Because normally you as a viewer, like this type of movie, you're like, oh, that thing gets away and it's going to be the problem later. It is kind of satisfying that you see the little, the development of the legs and it walking around and then them able to catch it. It is kind of satisfying in that moment. It always confused me too as a kid when I would watch this because whatever does pop out of Norris's body has like a nor- a copy of Norris's head, mm-hmm. like that it was still in transition. So I could never really understand, like, well, why does he have two heads at that point? Like it, but they very clearly show like Norris's actual head stretching and breaking off. Well, yeah, I guess it was just trying to replicate him and got <laughs> every man has caught. two heads. Yeah. Some of us bigger than others. <laughs> this is where we cut over to the blood test. Creedy's like, all right, we're all going to have a, like, take a blood sample. Uh, Childs is like, no, I'm not going to do this. And then McCready's like, well, I'll just kill you right now then <laughs> if you're not going to participate. Uh, McCready says he's serious. Clark then rushes at McCready and McCready just spins around and shoots him right in the head. He had a knife on him. Yeah. Like a scalpel, though. I mean. I think the aggression that they have Childs, like, sort of give to McCready is pretty satisfying. Like, you still kind of respect Childs. Like, his decision-making is, like, he's just as cold and logical as McCready is. Mm -hmm. You know, McCready's your hero of the movie, but... Never when I watch the movie do I think like any of the other people are wrong or, you know, are are making things worse or whatever. It's just like you got to have one voice and it just so happens like Kurt Russell's in that role. So that's the one I'm going to like root yeah. for. I think there's even a part earlier than where we are where they're kind of they're like all outside talking and Childs says like, if I was one of these things and it perfectly replicated me, like, would any of you even know? And it's like, well, shit, no. Like, no one would be able to tell. So, yeah. And then even when they're like fighting over who's going to take over for Gary, like, there's a uh, child's like, fuck it, I'll do it. And McCready's like, nah, let's, like, he hints it. Maybe somebody with like a, just a slightly cooler head, child's. Maybe that's why McCready's out in the tower. Like they just, they don't get along and 
everybody got tired of their bickering. <laughs> you can't have two alphas, man. That's why we got rid of that fourth guy before we started the podcast. Yeah. Dracula. We burned him up and buried him mm-hmm. under yeah, that I could, snow pile. I couldn't deal with him. That was actually the hit and, hit and run I referred to earlier. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in quotes, <laughs> we, all, we, yeah. all, we all participated. By the way, I need a new Band-Aid for my finger. Just because I had my foot on the gas pedal. Doesn't well, mean Dan we... was steering. Mm-hmm. I was really drunk. And I had my head out the window trying to direct you. It was not a, a smart system. We should have just let one of us drive. Well, we had to make it equal. So my foot was mm-hmm. on the pedal. Dan's hands were on the wheel, but he had a blindfold on. And you were in the back directing him. And we hit that. I thought if I was further back, I'd have a greater field of view. You know? Yeah, he was just a fisherman. It's cool. He has a hook as a hand. I wonder if he knows what we did. Well, it's his last summer, right? Yeah. And then he'll still know what we did. <laughs> All right. McCready lays it out. Uh, whenever a man bleeds, that's just tissue. But the blood of this thing is basically replicating blood. It's going to try to survive. He's like, windows start gathering up all these blood samples. McCready heats up. I The one thing is like, I think windows just kind of wipes the scalpel on his jeans. I don't know if that, they should have had him, you know, torch it a little bit. Yeah. Or dab it in some alcohol or some. Yeah, some, there's plenty of vodka and J&B around, like <laughs> sterilize that thing a bit. Can we drink nothing but J&B on the next Buds tour? No. God. You know it's, how this will go. You'll say, we do it. we're all going to drink J&B, and you'll have two shots of it and say you oh, drink a whole bottle. I'll drink it with some ice. I'll drink scotch all fucking night. If it works like the cigarettes, Dan will swish it around in his mouth and spit it into a secondary yeah. cup. <laughs> we'll, we'll scotch it up, gentlemen. I'll bring some J&B. Remember when I was talking about talking about like the personal stuff. Nobody Bud's gives a shit. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about Bud's tour. I think I think some people they're, now want to go. They're here for uh, a once in a lifetime opportunity to hear three white guys talk about the thing. <laughs> McCready starts eating up a wire. Um, he tests window samples sample first, which is fine. Next, he tests his own. He passes. Next, Copper. Pass. Next, Clark. Android. Pass. <laughs> uh, next, Palmer. His blood instantly leaps out of the dish. Palmer does give a great look right beforehand, though. Of like, well, fuck. Here you go. <laughs> oh, the- <laughs> One of my favorite shots when I was rewatching this was when he tested windows, like, Windows looks really relieved. He's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Because it's like you don't even know yourself anymore. I don't know if it's me or not. I I did notice on this rewatch. Sorry, Karan. One thing that stood out to me, there's a a part where they're all uh, around the fire outside. And I think they say, like, where's Blair or whatever. 
and everybody like turns around and starts like kind of looking around and Norris is the only one that's not looking like Norris is watching the flame like he doesn't give a shit about what was going on around and I was like oh okay that's like he's but at that point he hasn't necessarily like obviously been replicated but it's inside of him or something so isn't there something with their eyes the glint thing i think has been disproven there was a breath as well yeah so because you can see child's breath at the end but there was a thing that if you didn't see the glint in their eyes that meant they were the thing and the dp i think is it dean kundi on this one yeah it was like nah that's just like we don't know where that came from that's just happenstance because actually you do see Palmer's like you, you see a glint in his, it just happens in one point right before he does turn that because of the light, he doesn't have it. Yeah. From what I read, I, uh, it seemed like that was something they kind of kicked around as an idea, but then decided not to pursue it really. Oh, they did. They did. Oh, okay. Yeah. They had like discussed it at some point, but I don't know. It sounded like it, you know, it got out there that that was a thing and it, anyone who's been interviewed is like, no. <laughs> that was a breath too. They said, well, no, we just had fucking technical difficulties with the fucking air conditionings or those days. Oh, so I watched, um, about a year ago in my YouTube feed, I, some channel did like a using deduction able to, highlight and figure out like the progression of the uh infection like where it went and i actually kind of quickly typed it up in case we had any question of like what the actual order like this guy went through and figured out like um he also talks about like the uh who got into the blood like using deduction because the keys fell like windows had the keys when they were putting the body away, when Bennings turned and he drops the keys and then Palmer sh- must have grabbed them at that point and then put them back. And then Gary grabbed the keys like he's able he would like figured out who's not in whatever sequences to sort of fill in those mysteries. That was kind of cool. Uh, at this point, send, send us that link. <laughs> OK, yeah, put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'll post it in the discord. Yeah, How about that, we got a Discord. Palmer starts bubbling at this point. His head splits in half, and he starts eating windows. <laughs> Who just freezes? Just come on, man. He, I mean, he a minute ago he wasn't sure if he was a thing or not. So I that's mean, come that's on. fair. That's fair. Not everybody can be a McCready and instantly grab a fucking stick of dynamite. Yeah, Windows has had a day. <laughs> He hasn't been able to get a hold of anybody in weeks. He's probably staring at like a hang in there poster. <laughs> um, He's too busy listening to Five Day Reynolds podcast. Yeah. McCready can't get the flamethrower lit, so this whole thing's just turning into a debacle at this point. Yeah. Wonderful sound design here, because you can hear the... That's great. Love it. Finally, they get it going. Uh, 
Palmer just crashes through the like wall in into the outside. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck it's cold. Oh yeah. <laughs> and for his trouble, McCready tosses a dynamite stick at this thing and blows it up. Oh, whose dog is that? It's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn, Kool-Aid man, fuck dog. <laughs> we should be tr- trending on Twitter when this uh, episode comes out. Canceled. Finally canceled. <laughs> Thank God. No animals were fucked in the production of this podcast. <laughs> I'll put that at the end. Uh, McCready runs back inside and sees windows and just starts burning him as well. And all those board games, man. What a bummer. What are they going to do? Pool table is still operational. Yeah. Uh, McCready at this point resumes the blood test. Knowles is clean. Childs is clean. And Gary is clean. So... At this point, everyone who's left have based. I thought that was a great effect. Is we're we going to start this? We're going to have chaos ensue, and then we're going to go back to the blood test because mm-hmm. everybody's not done. I like that they kind of do a thing too, where it's like as each one of them passes, there's one more guy on McCready's side. It like starts mm-hmm. with him in windows, and then I think they test Childs, and then he's over, like holding yeah, the he- flamethrower. Yeah. Because the movie does have, like, those great fade-outs and fade-ins between sequences. And it was it's, like, you don't... I think they show, like, one guy being uncut or, like, freed, but they just eventually just sort of cut. Like like you were saying, like, no, nope, you're clear, and then move. And then he's just revealed. Gary says, I know you guys have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> it's a pretty good line. Mm-hmm. The guys decide there's only one person left to check at this point, and it's Blair. Gary, McCready, and Knowles go to check on him. They leave Childs behind. Uh, they tell him if Blair arrives without us, torch him. <laughs> Go out to Blair's cabin, but uh, the door is just wide open. They find a hole in the floor. Blair's been building a little spaceship down there. If you, were gonna, if you were going to lock somebody away, maybe not lock them in the tool shed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I famously can get out of any room with just using my body, right? But you give me a little hammer. <laughs> Easy. He gave me a little saw. Easier. I guess I guess they were like, we either gotta lock him in the tool shed or the dynamite room. <laughs> He's smart. Or McCready's cabin. The only thing up there is JB Scotch and a fucking torched computer. So There's some pentasses. Let's put him in the tool shed. Uh, They do see that Blair has been busy. He's built a spaceship. (laughs) 
They ask, where is he trying to go? Any place but here. I genuinely fucking forget about that every time I watch this. Like, oh, yeah, there's a fucking, he's built a 80% of a spaceship. Well, how much time passes? In, in like, the course of a few days? Yeah, like three days maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that he's come back multiple times through the years. Oh, you think that thing's been built throughout the years, not over the course of this movie? Yeah, I think, well, I guess I don't know because he wouldn't have been I think infected, the, right? I think the Norwegians unfroze the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, why would he be building it? That's a stupid, uh, it's a stupid theory, Dan. But there, there, you've now made me think of something like, why wouldn't they just let him leave? Like, is he take, do they think he's going to take the spaceship and go to fucking South America and start spreading in Chile? Or is it going to try to get the fuck off the planet? Never mind. I answer my own question because you can't take that chance, I guess. Yeah, I guess they just want to stop it from going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> anywhere it goes is bad news. Get your ass to Mars. Back over at base camp, uh, we can see that the door there is open. A figure emerges. Noel sees it and thinks that it's probably Child's. Suddenly, the generator blows up. McCready says, we've got six hours, and then it's going to be 100 below out here. Gary says, Gary says that's suicide. Not for that thing. Uh, knows it can't get out now. It just wants to sleep until the rescue team arrives. We aren't getting out of here. Maybe we'll... You should feel these nipples. <laughs> yeah. It, it almost should have been like a... Uh, like a receipt... Like a a transmitter that he was building instead of a spaceship, you know, like if it was fucking like an E-team phone home sort of thing, you know, and they were able to figure out like, ah, shit, it's like, he's like trying to broadcast a signal. It's exactly what they did not want. Yeah, but it could be that- Anything to do with (laughs) E.T. It could be that the alien landed. (laughs) Fair enough. It could be that the alien that landed on Earth, though, was infected, like- I can see trying to get more there. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, interesting point, Kron, that the thing that actually landed wasn't a thing. It yeah. was maybe it crash landed because it was infected. Mm-hmm. Well, fucking don't tell Damon Lindelof this. <laughs> a four movie prequel franchise. <laughs> no, it'd be a six season HBO show. Yeah. Well, Michael Fassbender was good. I'll give it that. Okay. McCready says maybe we should warm warm things up a little around here. And then the guys drop some dynamite and blow up the spaceship. They crash their dozer into the camp and just start burning and dynamiting everything in sight. They got some Molotovs, dynamite, the flamethrower. I think this was actually them like destroying the set they had built too. I think Carpenter was like, yeah, we just had them go room to room and start torching stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, they used the remains of this. The Norwegian place was also after they destroyed the main place. So he filmed that afterwards. That's fucking smart, dude. 
Whoa. Look at the big brain on Corp. Dude's a good filmmaker, man. He's indie, man. He's got to stretch that dollar, dollar bill. The guys enter the generator room. Gary says, the generator's gone. McCready's like, hey, is there any way we can fix it? It's gone, McCready. It's gone. <laughs> guys start setting up some dynamite around the generator when suddenly Blair gets Gary and sticks his hand right under Gary's skin. It's a dope scare, dude. And the effect, the fingers. The fingers under the skin look yeah. crazy. McCready's kind of working away and he yells back, how's it going down there? But he gets no I got answer. into dentistry. I was inspired by the movie The Thing. <laughs> not the Never. not the yeah. horror movie The Dentist? <laughs> One or two. I just thought I'd love to get my hands in somebody's fucking mouth and do that. Uh, McCready gets no answer. He lights a stick of dynamite. When all of a sudden, under the ground, the thing just starts, like, popping up all these floorboards and shit. Uh, it kind of emerges from the ground and then steals the little, like, plunger thing you would use to set off all the dynamite. The wily E. Coyote fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it pops up. It is a giant, I don't know, like, half man with a dog coming out of its chest. <laughs> It's, yeah, good. it's it's a Resident Evil mini boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta Question: shoot him, Gotta shoot him in the eye. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a Resident Evil. Of course, they've got an eye on their shoulder for some reason. Mm-hmm. Question: Would you like? I know this. I would be fucking stoked if I got to be in a movie and I got to do a scene where I ran across like some wooden planks and the thing behind me was like, you know. Would you rather do that? in a movie or get to push that dynamite plunger in real life like in a if you were in a movie like what thing would you like would be cooler to you to do like I'm plunging it baby yeah the plunger's cooler you get to set off a giant fucking explosion yeah yeah to run I, I think there's something about the the run away from something like when it, do you ever like think about like oh if I got to be an actor that would be that would be so fucking cool. Like well, I, I would be a porn actor. I mean, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, how long you had this dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good while it lasted. <laughs> you shoot that out in open water, Dan. Uh, on open water, yeah. It's more realistic that way. <laughs> well, you have to go out. All right, yeah, you're not James Cameron. <laughs> McCready picks up a stick of dynamite. He yells, fuck you two, and tosses the dynamite at the thing. Whole place starts blowing up. McCready emerges from this and just kind of parks himself in front of some burning rubble. He's got his last bottle of J&B in his hands. I don't think it's the last, but well, I think it's what he could find. I think the other's burned. <laughs> Suddenly, Childs comes out. He asks, are you the only one that made it? Creedy says, not the only one. Did you kill it? Where were you, Childs? I thought I saw Blair and went after him. Got lost in the storm. 
This fire's got the temperature up all over camp, but it won't last long. Creedy says, neither will we. How are we going to make it? Maybe we shouldn't. If you're worried about me, McCready cuts him off. If we've got any surprises left for each other, I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Well, what are we going to do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while and see what happens? McCready hands, bo- uh, hands Childs a green bottle. Childs takes a swig. McCready chuckles. The camp burns. That's the thing, baby. We did it. Class. Yeah. Nice. First ones ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pat yourselves on the back. Nobody's talking about this movie. <laughs> it's weird. It's a good movie. I mean, I don't know why. 40th anniversary, man. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. So last almost 41. Old. Shit. Yeah. Dan, hit me with some details. Uh, it will be 41 years old, gentlemen, on June 25th, 1982 was when it was released. Uh, it had a budget of $15 million, why had not, a box office. Why not put it out in the winter? Eh, summertime, you wanted to fill. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, box office of $15 million. Our budget of fifteen million, box office of nineteen point six million. So it wasn't a total loss, but uh, nineteen eighty two. This was uh, a kawinky dink here. We did Cat People from nineteen eighty two. This was the RKO's. Uh, let's redo the older monster flicks we have, and they got Cat People and the Thing going as well. So, uh, 1.5 million went to these special effects at the time. This was the most money going to special effects shot on refrigerated sets in Los Angeles. A lot of the outdoor shooting was done in Alaska and British Columbia. That's Canada for you uneducated people. Um, tons. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Your movie bombed, eh? All right. Canadian Quran? Sorry. Did you did you watch the thing? I lived it. Okay. <laughs> we stopped it, eh? <laughs> Back in the snow, eh? <laughs> Covered it with my snow cat. Sorry, but you have it. <laughs> Damn. I was gonna ask him about a snow cat. Uh, critics did not like the thing in 1982. Um, we kind of, me and Bones (laughs) referenced it earlier. 1982 was also the year that a little movie called E.T. Eddie Torres, the Esther testicle came out. Uh, and it just, just took over the box office. It was 82. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this is when movies would run for fucking eight months. So nobody wanted to watch this. Uh, As a lot of critics said, nihilistic and bleak movie. So uh, I do have the New York Times review that came out. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing is a foolish, 
depressing, overproduced movie that mixes horror and science fiction to make something that is fun as neither one thing or the other. Sometimes it looks as if it inspires to be the quintessential moron movie of the 80s. A virtually storyless feature composed of lots of laboratory special effects with actors used merely as props to be hacked slash disemboweled and decapitated, finally to be eaten and then regurgitated as, guess what, more laboratory special effects. There may be a metaphor in all this, but I doubt it. <laughs> that was from the New York Times. We'll try a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carpenter was approached in 1976 by Universal, but at that time he was more of an independent director. So Universal decided to go with Toby Hooper of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame because he was already under contract with Universal. Hey, it wasn't just all him, all right? That was a that was a two-hander. Yeah, they weren't happy with uh what Toby and his partner Mr. Kim Hinkle That's right. were doing. That's right. Mr. Big M, even bigger R. What's what's happening, Miss Sir? What if what if we move it from Antarctica to Texas? I mean, it might have what been a bigger your, hit. What were you writing at this time? I mean, well, I had set out a four-part James Cameron level sort of Avatar-esque uh, TCM series, but uh, it it was it wasn't picked up. It's too ambitious for the time. We're we're talking about we're asking about the thing from eighty two. Well, you asked what I was doing, and that's what I was telling. You. I was still working. I was just absorbed with TCM. I think so. They, I didn't want to do it. Now I heard I couldn't that, that they rejected your script, not from the content, but that it just rank of Marlboro and it had sweet tea stains all over the pages. Well. I like to add a personal touch, all right? It could have just been out of a dot matrix printer that was nice and warm, fresh ink. Okay, that's pretty standard, but I want mine to stick out, okay? If you don't want that, if you don't want the Hankle Stink, I, <laughs> Hinkle. the Hankle Stinkle, that's yeah, what we called it. <laughs> I think I will purchase that, sir. Start selling that. Yeah, we're getting Johnny Depp uh, for an ad campaign. Hinkle Stinkle. He's gonna. It's it's gonna be one of those weird like, what is this cologne about? Like, it's one of those ads where you don't even know it's a cologne until they show the bottle at the end. But he's gonna drive a van through the desert, get out, play guitar. I guess he already did that. Yeah, I think that one runs pretty often. <laughs> they just put it in a rainforest. I mean, near Golden. Well, that's not me. No. Just put it in Texas and everyone's just, it's in Texas. They're in a trailer park. They're just yelling at each other for 30 seconds. And then it goes to the, oh. someone holds the cologne bottle. Up. I'm going to, I'm going to try something actually different. I'm going to stay in character and I'm going to ask an actual serious question. Now, Uh-oh. the Ridley Scott's alien. Yep. 1979. Yes, sir. I'd like to see comparisons of uh, reviews of the thing. 
did those same critics review Alien, and what was their thought? Oh, they loved Alien. That's the reason why the thing came back. It was shelved after you and Mr. Uh, Hooper there didn't produce what they wanted. They also had Mr. John Landis write on it as well before it was shelved. Oh, he, 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 a hell of a lot more decapitations. Yeah, he got real excited right in the helicopter scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then 79... Uh, Mr. Scott came out with Alien. He started yelling at a PA that didn't exist. <laughs> Which is a... Walter Hill Stop worrying alien. so much. <laughs> Could not find a director. I think I think Ridley Scott was like the 19th or 20th director that... You know, I actually I actually pitched Michael Jackson uh, thriller video idea. Okay. <laughs> what was it? Well, Michael Jackson, he'd be making out with a um, real hot thing, and it'd be real hot down in Texas, right? Of course. And then they would stop at a drive-in, mm-hmm. and they would watch a movie, and the, and the lady would get scared, and Michael Jackson, he'd run after her, and then they'd run into this old house, and then there'd be a, uh, a killer with a chainsaw there. Oh, I like this. And then Michael Jackson would do like some choreography. And then he would eventually turn into a chainsaw killer. They, in the music video, they watch a whole movie at the drive in. Yeah, that was a problem. It was going to be a three hour music video. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they really just stole, they stole that core idea and they cut out the part where we, you know, financed a independent slasher movie right there in the middle. Anyway, the point I was trying to make is if you don't find the alien to be nihilistic, but you find the thing to be nihilistic, seems a little confusing to me. Mm-hmm. And if anything, yeah. there's elements of the of alien that are almost more um, subjective or uh, subjective of, of, of particular female at the end of the movie, despite her fact that she survives. But I would say alien is one of the most nihilistic uh, franchises mm-hmm. yet. Bleak as hell, too. Whereas the thing is just a character-driven uh, sort of whodunit, right? In a way. Agatha Christie. Yeah, yeah. real a real whodunit. Well, that's what we call mysteries now, right? Rian Johnson brought it back. It's a whodunit. Yeah, the thing versus Benoit Blanc. <laughs> I can't wait. Sign me up. All right, I got to go. All right, Mr. Kim Hinkle, thank you for joining us, coming in. Always a pleasure, as always. Um, do, do a diet sweet tea for us, please. We'd like to keep you around. Yeah, put on a few LBs, Mr. Hinkle. <laughs> Is he getting thin? Um, yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, he's up. You've seen he's the better to, spirits, though, from the last I'm time. I'm gaining his weight. Him. Don't worry about it. He's, he's up to 98 pounds now. <laughs> so... But yeah, uh, he doesn't have air conditioning in his trailer. That's true. That's that's the that's. I think he's just he's just sweating it off. Factor Mm -hmm. there, yeah. But yeah, after Tobe Hoop and uh, Kim Hinkle failed, they brought Landis in. They wrote a little, then they shelved it. Then, like I said, Alien hit, and then they wanted it back to make some money off of it. 
Mr. Carpenter has spoke multiple times on multiple platforms and interviews about the thing. <laughs> if you really want to go leave out the, there and leave the guy alone, just quit <laughs> asking him. Quite. He really doesn't want to be. He, he no, doesn't remember. Leave him alone. Think. Yes, I don't think he remembers. But uh, you can find it all out there. There's a ton of shit about the thing. It's been covered in fucking endless commentaries on Blu-rays and releases of the film. So, um, but yeah, man, that's that's all I really got. All right, thanks, Dan. Uh, guys, this is my selection for a five-star banger. I'm of course. Giving this bad boy five stars. Um, I don't know. I think this is one of probably the best horror movie and maybe just one of the best movies, period. Um, I think the thing that I like about this film so much is like you kind of get that whole segment at the beginning with the dog um, and they end up shooting that guy. And that is literally the best thing that happens to any character in this movie. Like as the movie goes on, it just gets worse and worse. Um, and I mean, they're smart people, they're rational people, but it's like the more that they learn about how the thing operates, the worse their position gets in the film. So, um, I think it's just like a really interesting, like that review was talking about how there are no characters and like no plot. But to me, it's like, it is just this exercise of like the hole that they're digging just keeps getting deeper and deeper and there's no end to it. It's just kind of like, you know, a spiral down into hell basically. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how people in 82 saw this movie and were like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> like just, I, cause I don't think they were like overwhelmingly negative. It was more just kind of like, yeah, it's just like a gore and effects movie. And I don't know. I'm glad this movie has gotten the, you know, incredible reappraisal that it has over the years. Um, yeah, it's just one of the best films ever made, truthfully. Five stars. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. It's a perfect movie for what we cover, I guess. It would ne nobody would ever choose it on our regular stream of shows that we do for the categories and all that. Well, you wouldn't let them. What's well, it's you can't. I mean, it's I mean, this would be number 1 hands down no matter what. It would never change. So, I I this is a five star for me. Uh the practicals are just it's everything. I mean, the first time I watched it, it was like, yeah, the the practices are fucking great. The story, eh, you know. But then as you watch it more, I think you kind of lean more towards the the characters and kind of the clues that you're picking up on on what's going on. And like I said, I the critics called it nihilistic and bleak, and I just I fucking love that about it. I love the ending. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's damn near perfect. Five stars for me. Dude, you know that when it comes to horror, I got to have an action or a sci-fi element. And goddamn, this is like the perfect blend. Um, you, you can't say enough about the effects. 
and just the story as a whole, I think it's just infinitely rewatchable. Every time I watch it, I pick out something or I'm watching it from a different perspective to try to figure out, you know, who was in the room when the dog went in there and, you know, little things about the biology of the thing. I think it's just the, the right amount of ambiguity and just direct in your face. Like the fact that they show as much of the thing as possible. It goes against everything that you would want in a horror movie. Like it's in, in this movie, more is more. And what they hold back is a, uh, a sense of like, you can get out of this. Like it, the trade-off is, Hey, we're going to show you every fucking effect and everything in as bright a light as possible. And we're going to burn it and we're going to hold on it as much as we can. And the trade-off is, you know what? Nobody gets out of this. That's your price of admission. Um, and like you said, Kron, like it just builds and builds. And I think you really like, I feel like, movies that that taper up. I think in a lot of what we've talked about, like you, I, like your graph of like they start in a shitty place and it gets worse. And this is one of the only movies where I'm like, yeah, I'm there for that ride. Normally, I do need those dips. I need a little bit of of relief, but this is layered in such a way that you get those you get that relief on those rewatches and the character interactions. So it's absolutely a five star movie. Like Dan said, it'll be hard to beat as far as any five star banger we ever like. It's better than Jack Reacher. I'm not an idiot. Like <laughs> I admit that. So five star banger, probably the best movie we'll cover. I think, too, just like literally the perfect way to do a remake of a film. Like this was kind of a forgotten 50s movie that, you know, maybe had like a good idea, but, you know, a kind of corny execution. And Carpenter came in and like did this thing upright, whereas now I feel like it's like, hey, people like the thing. Let's remake the thing. (laughs) It's like... No, man, like, that's the exact wrong way to do it. Like, find, you know, some movie from the 90s, uh, throw a shot at Blank Man, see what you can do there, you know? I mean, yeah. just take something that didn't work out and you've got a cool take on it, you know? I feel like, I don't know, I feel like remakes now are just kind of like what already has a built-in audience, but I don't know the people love that thing for a reason, you know, that version of it. So, yeah. And it's, it's why IP is so interesting. Like, you know, you don't have to set stuff up. You're, you're already at a certain percentage of the audience just because they know that they need to show up and, you know, you shouldn't remake a movie because, Oh, it was good. Let's just remake it with modern storytelling or modern effects. You should remake stuff that is like, Hey, this didn't work but it's a good seed of an idea. Mm-hmm. Let's try to unfold that. And I mean, in a way, isn't this more based on a book? It's like less of a remake of that movie and more about that. It's like a remake of the story. And it made me think of like Sorcerer. You brought a Sorcerer, which Friedkin was like, no, it's more of like my version of the book. It's not a remake of Wages of Fear in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it's funny that you're the the guy that brought us both of those which are that that way of reinterpreting it, you know, it's not RoboCop, you know, or uh, 
I love Batman, but they don't need to keep making fucking Batman movies. I'm fine with that. Like or fuck uh, Spider Man, I think is the better example. Where they just crank a new one out every two yeah, years. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. There's a new one coming out this year. Cool. Spider Man. It's uh oh, it's the end of the Spider Verse. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll I'll forgive that. To me, that's like all the fucking DC animated movies that they pump out. Well, like it's it's its own. I'm sure they'll figure out how to get fucking Ant-Man to jump into that universe and pull fucking Spider-Pig in to fight Krang. <laughs> Kang. Krang is fucking TMNT, right? Oh, I thought they were going to have him fight Krang. <laughs> oh, like, why not? Oh, shit, shit. I'll watch that. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Turtles. <laughs> you guys got anything else? There's a... Uh, I think Bones is is next for a five day banger or, or five star banger. Is he gonna expose what it is or? Um. Yeah, I'm not sure when we'll do it. Um, let's do L.A. Confidential right. next. Let's try to let's let's maybe balance out. Let's get away from horror. Let's do a um what I That's consider to be like one. the best like of of what I had on the list maybe sort of opposite side of the spectrum so Russell Crowe Guy Pierce, one guy which will make it awkward to talk about uh, let's do LA Confidential next well my next one's American Beauty so cool and the Kron you're gonna do K-Pax Usual yeah. Suspects you know, I've never seen Usual Suspects all the way through. You mean the fucking keys, you fucking cocksucker? You didn't get to the end. I mean, I know the end. Like, I, I know everything about it, but I can't tell. I have no recollection of sitting down and watching Usual Suspects. I've only watched it one time. beginning to end. I like it better. I, think I owned it. I like it better now. After all this stuff came out, <laughs> it's, it's been forever since I've seen it. In a lot of spaces. You know, Dan only watches the end of seven. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just on a loop in front of him whenever we record. Um, do we want to announce what we're covering next week? What start, what we are jumping into? Yeah. We put the call out and it was answered. Thanks to that uh, that guy, by the way. Thank you, Garrett. I'm not sure if he's a listener. Yeah. Go ahead, Bones. No, no, Kron. Okay, I'll announce it then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the next episode you'll get after this one will be uh, your favorite video store co-host taking a little trip together because we're going to start covering our first TV show. (laughs) Watch along if you can find it. (laughs) It's Thunder in Paradise, baby. Star, yeah, brother. Starring the one and only Hulk Hogan. Man. Something we have joked about for, what, a year and a half? At least. Possibly. Was it No Holds Barred where we brought that up? <laughs> I think we've, we've 
brought it up a few. Th- but yeah, I think that's where it started. Yeah. And now I'm Pacific Blue is running through my mind as well. Like fuck, I know that was multiple seasons. Yeah, that Pacific Blue would have to be a separate podcast. Yeah. That would require personal changes to allow enough time for that. That's yeah. That would be a ten-year show. Let's focus on Thunder and Paradise first. I can't wait, dudes. Yeah, we'll be covering uh, episodes one and two in our first episode of the podcast for that. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just kind of we don't want to take up too much of the feed with Thunder and Paradise, so I think we're gonna hit you know multiple episodes. For each one of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Bring in some guests. Yeah. We're going to. Yeah. We're not going to be the only ones subjecting ourselves to it. We're going to force this on other people. And some people have already sort of signed up. We got. Um, I don't know. I don't. I guess I'm wondering. Are we going to do like a beat by beat thing? How do we want that to sort of sort of go? I think. I think some kind of plot. But. Maybe just hit like the major points, you know. Yeah, I don't think maybe we need to go yeah. into too much detail. I think in general we maybe need to loosen up for the sake of speed. So we'll see. Maybe this. Maybe if it. Maybe hey, shit. Thunder and Paradise might teach us something about ourselves <laughs> and how we how we podcast in the regular feed. Look within your heart, brother. Oh, I can't wait. Hey, um, don't film me from that angle. Okay. I'm boated, brother. Uh, let's get that out of the way. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think that's it. A good time. Let's get out of here, Tron. All right. We'll see you for Thunder in Paradise. Until then, crash and burn. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Kron, for picking up like we said, the best movie we'll ever cover. If you're enjoying Five Day Rentals, why not leave us a review, leave us a rating, Apple, Spotify, all those places. You can talk to us directly on our Discord. You can find me on Twitter. Dan's on Instagram. Kron is in a, a bunker somewhere. If you want a, a poster, you want some stickers, hit us up, man. We love you. Thanks. Hey, blue. Come from way back.